It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book, The 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, hardcover, paperback, audio book, Instagram Live. You were just Instagramming live a moment ago, Stevie. Yes, sir. Yeah. People were telling you your head was nice and clean. Yes, sir. Gary Sarner. You know Gary Sarner. Oh, well, his head's occasionally clean as well. Absolutely. Occasionally it is. Looking good. 51. You know, we got huge response to 50. 50 was... A milestone Half for, a century. for me. We've done 50 podcasts. Yep. So you are our first guest of the next The uh, next generation. I don't, I, don't generation. To, I don't want you to put me on the, the, the latter part of the 50s. You know serial true, entrepreneur Ricky Wade joining us on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast. Ricky, how you doing, man? Listen, I'm just happy to be here amongst all these successful folks, especially the <laughs> Noodleberg himself. Yeah, well, we can tell. You know, you were excited as soon as you walked in. You said, noodles! You you know, um, the story of how we met is probably as cool as any story of anybody that I've met. Absolutely. (laughs) How'd you boys meet? How'd you boys meet? Um, True story. I I had done a deal with the Houston Rockets, and uh, the Houston Rockets had offered me, um, you know, the opportunity to come visit the All-Star Game, the Mm -hmm. NBA All-Star Game that year. Yep. And we were on a plane to Houston, and I met this gentleman with his whole family and bonded like I was one of, like we've been friends forever. 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 So you, and, met, uh, you met on an airplane. Absolutely. And it was love at first sight. <laughs> really? It really was. <laughs> now, That's the way it felt. Now, some people would say, well, you're with your entire family. You're flying to Houston. So you probably don't want to deal with your family. So you're like, hey, strange guy, talk to me. Let's be new friends. No, 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 no. no? If, my, if my wife's listening, I really <laughs> want to deal with the family. You, you want to spend first. all this? Right, yeah, sure, yeah. Of, course, of course. Absolutely. You know, but you can just tell when you meet quality people. And we, there was no agenda. There was no, nothing other than we were going to a cool event. It was you know, his whole family was so great, mm-hmm. good-looking people. We just really bonded. And then I left him with, hey, if you ever need me, I'm a guy that can help you get connected to stuff. Uh-huh. Right? It's all about connectivity. It is all about connectivity. <laughs> connectivity at its best. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, this book, this podcast, you know, how I've functioned, how you function. As Steve's made a career out of just connecting, being a connector, that joint between the two pieces that need to connect so that they can mutually benefit, and he stands to as well. I mean, we all have that in common. You get it, Ricky, as much as anyone. You get well, it. I have to tell you, I don't care what you do in society today in life. You have to connect. You have to be able to build the connectivity base. Mm-hmm. You know, because, you know, knowledge is wealth. And, you know, as, as you go through life, things just change on a day-to-day basis. And what we did yesterday is not what we're doing today. Correct. So we just have to be flexible, fluid, and just do what's needed to get the job if done. If you're doing today what you were doing yesterday, somebody's going to own your tomorrow. Your stuff. Absolutely. And it, and it won't be you. Now, Rick, Ricky's, his vibe is infectious. When you're, oh. when you're around him, people just kind of naturally gravitate towards. You have um, a very positive vibe of you're always in a room looking to make friends or just be friendly for not wanting anything in return. That is extremely I, I, I well th- said. Yeah, I think the best virus is a virus of positivity. It's positivity. Woo, Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, you know, so we were on the plane 
we, you know, I left him with, hey, if you ever need anything, mm-hmm. little did I know that that weekend he would need something. And he reached out and said, look, I'm in a bind. I need to get some other, my hands on some other tickets for the game. Mm-hmm. Can you help? And that's like, to me, was the, the test. It was like, listen, you meet people all day long that are all full of shit. Oh, I can help you do this one. I can help you do this. Right. He asked. I was glad it happened early. Right. And I delivered. Yeah. And we've been friends ever since. Well, I mean, if you're, if you're going to go to all-star game in the NBA, I mean, you can't miss the game on Sunday, you know, when it's 245 to 268. So there's a 522-point <laughs> total in the, in that game. But, uh, but that's, that's as simple as how it works. It's, it's, it's amazing, though. It, that was years ago. Uh, we're years ago. 12 years ago, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. The NBA my, son was, game, yeah. my son was a little toddler. It was like 2005 or 6-ish. And you said, I need to be, I didn't realize it needed a ticket. I think that was it. You needed yep, a ticket yep, for your yep. son. Right. Now, now uh, Steve describes you as a serial entrepreneur. Okay. Uh, serial would mean again and again and again. Well, you know, you know it's good to be serial mm-hmm. if it's production and it's positive and it's sustaining. <laughs> okay. the, I like that kind of serial. Right. I do. Right. Well, I'm a fan of breakfast cereal. I do that more than any of this stuff. I mean, I'm a cereal guy, like for breakfast, for lunch. Uh, like, I'm a cereal guy. Lucky Charms or Fruit Loops? There are people that ask me about the book yeah. and think cereal means... No, they don't. You sell cereal? <laughs> no. Oh, because they're hearing it, not seeing it. I'm a cereal salesman. Well, because the, word, the words are homonyms. They sound cereal Listen, and cereal. I've always yeah. said, no matter what you sell, if you sell a shitload of it, you're going to make right. a lot of money. Right. Right. Where does your that, po- that's a good kind of cereal. Where does your positivity come from, Ricky? Because I'm walking um, from the parking garage to come in the studio to take this, and I literally spent the entire walk just looking around, marveling at A, the palm trees, B, the intercoastal waterway, C, I can see the breakers from right here, and counting my blessings that I get to do this. Not have to, but I get to do this, and I get to do this here with these people. Where does your positivity come from? Well, my positive is just getting up and being able to get a new challenge done every single day. Do you look for challenges? You know, oh, gosh. That's what that, I mean, it's my adrenaline. Really? You know, I, I think that uh, if if there's no challenges out there, it's not going to bring out the best in you. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to be around positive folks. I like to look for positive things. Because that's to me, is the foundation of success. I have never seen a successful, miserable person in my life that's a pessimist. <laughs> yeah. Never. You can't be. That's not right. how it works. So, so why don't you tell our audience what you do and what so, you've done, sort of what's your story? So, so, yeah, I, so I, I'm, I'm proud to say this, and I'm proud to say I'm a McDonald's franchisee, mm-hmm. and uh, I want to own Palm Beach County one day. Mm. That's my goal. Not too far from it. I want to spread my wings. I want to spread the brand. Mm-hmm. because the brand has been very, very good to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very good to the brand, and the brand is good for society. That, and so I am proud to be a franchisee. McDonald's was a brand before, really, America understood what brands were. You know, McDonald's is one of the initial franchises, if you will, where in this town or in that town or in that town, uh, you knew what the menu was. You knew what you were going to get. There was consistency thereof. Before the sign said million sold, before it said billion sold, McDonald's is a brand that's continued to reinvent itself because it's had to. You have to. And there are unique challenges now in a marketplace for all brands where they have to understand what they are as opposed to what they are perceived as. Bingo. Right? I mean, it's a, it's a whole new... It's To borrow a line from the soundtrack of Aladdin, Ricky, it's a whole new world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every day it's a new world. Every year it's a new year. And uh, so, you know, you know, we're doing a whole bunch of different innovative things, you know, to make ourselves more relevant uh, I never thought that we'd be at fresh beef at this junction in our lives, and really? it's been one of the best things we've ever did. So if you haven't had a quarter pounder with cheese, that's Mr. Noodleberg. 
You need to get one. All right, right. I'm coming. Man. That fresh I'm beef. The fresh beef. So is, your that, is that a new shift? To so so we, we've been doing this now since November, and okay. uh, wow. it's it's a new thing for the system, mm-hmm. uh, U.S. wide. And fresh uh, right there. The absolutely moon, fresh right. beef. It's never frozen, and you know it's just it does it does change the taste profile. You, you know, one of the cool things about McDonald's in general for me is that while I don't eat it all the time now, there's nothing like McDonald's. You well, know, it, it has a place in my mm-hmm. heart and mind. There are great memories. I, I wrote a blog once yeah. about going out on a Saturday night and getting overserved, which I'm a happy guy. I like to yeah. you know drink and have a good time. Yeah. The following morning, I got up and I, I had my son go to McDonald's and get me a McGriddle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that in that moment, mm-hmm. that was the best sandwich I ever had <laughs> in my life. And it so, was you know, I mean, no I, substitute for salt sweet, you know, yeah. carbs. But I will you tell know. you this, though, and uh, and I really want to leave this with you because whenever I hear the saying that's called, I normally don't eat McDonald's too often. Right. Do you know the Egg McMuffin No Cheese is the healthiest breakfast sandwich you can have? Is that right? The yeah. healthiest. Really? Speak to nutritionists, they'll tell you that. Okay. Uh, Good. If you get yeah, a snack cool. wrap, no sauce, is one of the best things you can ever have. You know, the reason why we, we changed our menu and, you know, we want to be relevant to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I want to be even more relevant to you, Mr. Nuleberg. Okay. You know, not only after you have too much drink, we going to- <laughs> okay, but when you are totally here okay. and your mind is moving as it always does. Good for you, man. That's, you know, because it, it has taken a rap, as has all fast food. You know, so the challenges for somebody in your space, you know, the, the competition's ramped up around you you know back in the day marketplace it, is different fast fast is casual right. people view things differently so in a non-political sense because so much of this podcast and this book is about understanding branding perception and your reality so without being political uh just a week ago last monday the clemson football team went to the white house and the stories gave all this publicity and promotion to McDonald's. Competitors were mentioned as well, but McDonald's front and center. Is that good for the brand? Is that bad for the brand? Is no news good news? Or is so any publicity good publicity? I think they featured McDonald's because our president loves the quarter pounder, which mm-hmm. is. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and so it's something that he is very gun-ho on. But what I was happy to see is that he wanted to have the McDonald's he want to have the American brand right. represent, right? You know, for the national team, right? And or the national champion, and uh, but globally, it, what what's uh, to to the rest of the world? What says America more than McDonald's? What sir? To the world, to the rest of the globally, what says America more to the world than McDonald's? Absolutely, nothing. Absolutely, it's it's just there. I mean, uh, we all know that McDonald's is an American icon and will continue to be. So I was just happy. That they featured McDonald's, they spoke about McDonald's in a good light. So yeah, I'm happy about right. that. Yeah. Happy. I mean, you know, it's interesting. We do a brand exercise with people. We show them how pre, how corporate brands are built. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is say fast food hamburgers, and 100% of the audience says McDonald's. Well, because that's all the other choices they can that's have. The stand, look, at Chevrolet in the 50s tried to tell people baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, Chevrolet. But really, it should be baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, McDonald's. And no, it's not their campaign at Chevrolet, but America is McDonald's. McDonald's is America. For better or for worse, that is the global perception. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's a good place to be. It, I just not, love the way you say this. It's not, can I have a cola, <laughs> right? It's not, can I have a cola? It's, right. it's uh, Coke, please. Right. And they go, well, we carry Pepsi product. Okay, fine, great, so be it. 
But McDonald's, but add- McDonald's is that standard. Is the, that's the default setting. We don't get online and research things. We Google them, right? McDonald's is Google, is Coca-Cola. And that's not a bad place to be. But there are inherent challenges in reinvention. And the good news is you can get Coca-Cola in McDonald's. Correct. Wow. See how that works? What a formula. What yeah. a formula. So, so tell me, like, day-to-day what your challenges are, you know, because so you I, know, you're I, part of a franchise, yeah. so you're working with corporate in Chicago, I uh-huh. assume, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the greatest challenge we have today is that there is so much more competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can get food anywhere. You, right. know, they, you know, whoever thought that 20 years ago, You'd have you know gone to a gas station and gotten food. Correct. Right. And you went to gas station for for fuel. People are going there intentionally for a sandwich. Absolutely. There's a chain out of Pennsylvania, Maryland. Right. 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 The competitive landscape has changed significantly, Mm. and what we're trying to do is just put ourselves in a position where we can be relevant, we can be modern, and we can cater to our consumer. (laughs) And our largest consumer now is the millennials. Mm-hmm. Millennials, really? You know, they think so much more different than we thought when we Without were younger, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just that's the way society is. Millennials like things that are different. Mm-hmm. They like to be creative. Mm-hmm. They like convenience, and so by us doing delivery, you know that caters to the millennial. But the the delivery thing, because I pay attention. Obviously, my my twenty five year career from being pre college was marketing, branding before it was a thing. Everyone is delivering everything because Americans now are becoming insulated nesters. They don't want to leave. They don't want to drive. They don't want to go through the drive-through. They want their now. They're so lazy that they order dish detergent at the dishwasher by saying, "Hey Alexa, order more dish detergent." They want everything brought to them. We're becoming this inclusive shut-in of a society. It's not a social thing. When I was a high school kid, we went to McDonald's. We hung out in the parking lot. They said, you better buy something. We bought some stuff. We hung out more in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, people right. Not, people now want to be at wherever they are. They don't want to leave. Everything, everyone is delivering now. Right, right, right. However, we were never in the delivery space. Correct. So now that we're there, as a matter of fact, we were the first fast food to be in that space. Oh, really? And so, oh, yeah. Oh, and absolutely. You, you're in it through Uber Eats? Is that how it absolutely works? Absolutely, through Uber. So we have a relationship with Uber Eats, and uh, it has worked for us, especially in big metro areas where there's more college towns. And so, you know, like I have a restaurant down in Yamada, mm-hmm. you know, FAU students. I mean, it's huge. It's right. my largest uh, delivery restaurant as far as sales is concerned. And then we're continuing to boost it. And, you know, we're not going to stop. You know, we have mobile order and pay, which also caters to the millennials Correct. too. Because they want to order it, they want to come into our geofence, and they want to have it. And they mm. can share the cost of the ticket, right? Isn't there a, a, a oh, pay there, share? Right. So there is a shared cost. Right. I mean, you know, it may not be, you know, everyone's, you know, right. you know, number one thing, but you know, does it drive top line sales? Yes, it does. Wow. Does it uh, drive the brand present? Yes, it does. Is it more relevant? Yes, it is. So why not? And so you know, these are things that you know we have to continue to evolve to, and you know, you know. We're looking different. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, we were red, white, and yellow before right. five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hard to find a McDonald's note that has that look. So, you know, we look more of an arcade look today. And, uh, but red is useful. Uh, listen, I, I love the red. red, white, and yellow because you know what? To me, it was the origination of Co- a brand. Absolutely. Plus, I'm a little bit of a, of a nerd when it comes to marketing and some of the psychology involved. And did you know the color red for human beings elicits a, a, a hunger response? It, it, on their, without them realizing it. The color, I'm learning something new. As human, as human beings, the color red 
makes you elicits a hunger response that, from true. thousands That's and thousands true. of years ago when, when we were going hungry running through wherever and you kill an animal and start to bleed well now it's time to eat so okay. now the hunger response kicks in. And that's why majority of your fast food companies utilize the color red because they're eliciting that hunger response without you realizing it. Fascinating. That is fascinating. Impressive. So I have a question. So a lot of the times we, we talk to uh, salespeople and that, you know, a lot of my work is working with mm-hmm. sales teams around the country. And I try and use the franchise model as a way to get them to understand that they're responsible for their own destiny. So no matter what bank or what big name firm you're working for even here at espn there are very successful people at espn and there's not successful espn so it's really an entrepreneur so i think it's interesting that people find out that there are entrepreneurs who buy mcdonald's Mm -hmm. who are not successful that that have a you know and so it comes down to you you ricky wade the shop that you run how you treat your people you know just having Mm -hmm. a mcdonald's is not a Wham, bam, okay, I'm, you know. Some can fail, right? I mean, some can fail. And that's fascinating for people to hear. It is. It's like. So, you know, and I'll say this, and and that's what makes McDonald's stand out the way in which it does as a premier franchisor, uh, because they spend so much time on the training piece of it and looking for the right skill set, because not everybody can become a franchisee in the fast food arena. Uh, It's not made for everybody. So it it appeals to a certain skill set that is self-driven for sure uh, right. that is creative that is you know you know people oriented you know because our workforce is, is is a widespread you know it's a widespread from high school kids that make up 60 percent of our workforce you know to seniors that maybe just working in a part-time basis and then you have those obviously that it's their careers and so you know with this with that in mind, you know, I, I think that one of the things that makes an entrepreneur even more effective, mm-hmm. you have to have a pulse for your marketplace. You have to have a pulse for what's going on and you have to you know, I call it continuous improvement. You know, if you continue to develop yourself, develop your folks, and you have to be a visionary and you have to be a step ahead. You know, you have to be thinking about tomorrow, today, mm. not be thinking about yesterday. Proactivity so, is everything. Oh, listen. And, yeah. uh, you can wait to react. You're going to get beat. You know, people look at me and say to me, and say, Ricky, your mind is always running. I said, absolutely, it's yeah. always running. Yeah. And the reason why it's always running is because I have to be a step ahead of myself. And, uh, mm. But I also think that, you know, what makes me enjoy what I do is that there is just a different landscape every single day. There are some things that are very similar, but... You know, even me to spending time with you all here today. This was just planned last week by you, Steve. I mean, that is what I like about the connectivity, being out, understanding the marketplace. My relationship with ESPN has been for years. Mm-hmm. And so these are things that help all of us get better at what we do. And so I think a smart entrepreneur is one that is always seeking to learn. Every time I spend time with you, Newberg, <laughs> I learn something new. Learn to Josh, learn. when I'm with you. I learned about the red team. He's the really red. smart. The red, red. red is really oh, no. smart. Very sharp. Really Very sharp. sharp. Learn to earn is what we, the chapter here is. People have asked me, why, don't, why do you have a co-host or why is someone hosting your show? I Wait, said, because he's really freaking bright. But you know, well, so you. you said learn to earn. I, I, did a, I actually did a keynote speech yesterday for Martin Luther King Day, mm-hmm. and I was in Delray. And, you know, I, I used one of Martin Luther King's previous quotes, which it says, learn, baby, learn. So you can earn, mm-hmm. baby, earn, mm-hmm. and uh, that's I a use chapter a comment. in my book. Yeah, that's so a chapter in my book. Hearing you say that here, it's that's just how we live in life. Yeah, 
Learn to earn. Uh, and that's one of the chapters, as we mentioned. That's the idea. People that are successful aren't getting lucky. We create our own luck. I Absolutely. think it was, wasn't it Benjamin Franklin or was it Thomas Jefferson that said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. Yeah. It's funny, I mean, how, funny how 300 years ago that still stands true. Well, uh, well you know, 300 years so later. especially with a, a McDonald's that's so recognized, I'm sure there's a lot of people who go, oh, Ricky's so lucky that, you know, he owns a bunch of Well, you know, but you know what? He's, he worked to get there. Harder you work, yeah, it's the like, luckier you know, Listen, yeah. listen, I've it always said. It doesn't happen by itself. So I use the term saying that uh, you have to be lucky to be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. However... You have to be disciplined and focused to stay in what you oh, have. Oh, that's beautiful. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I'm blessed. I'm fortunate to live the American dream. But McDonald's has afforded me those opportunities. And then my commitment to hard work and my commitment to just being successful is what keeps the adrenaline going. And, and you know how I know that that's real is that, you know, you and I have been friends for 12 years. And whenever I text you or call you, Boom, you pick up the phone and say, what, what do you got? What do you need? What, what can I do? And vice versa. I mean, it's, after it's, 12 it's, years. It's an mm-hmm. entrepreneur's behavioral trait. Right. You know, it's an like, entrepreneur wants to speak to you because. Is responsiveness? It, responsiveness. Responsiveness, sir. Okay. I, I refer to some folks as a friend in need and not in a good way, meaning that I only hear from them. They're my friend when they need something. <laughs> they yeah. need tickets to a show. When they need, when they need something. <laughs> and, and, you, and, but again, every week we, I reference Maya Angelou. People don't remember. They won't remember the things you say, the things you do. They remember the way you make them feel. Feel, bingo. I get a text from someone. I know immediately she's asking for tickets to a concert. I know immediately he's looking for an introduction right. to somebody for business. People make you feel a certain way. And when we're around you, we feel as though you're just a light of shining positivity that probably wants to see everybody else succeed as well. But Josh, even the ones that are calling you for something, mm-hmm. it should make you realize that you are their source. Right. So, oh, sure. you know what I mean? So, you know, so, so they need that, right? mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's two sides to it. Doesn't mean I'm appreciated. Doesn't mean I'm appreciated. Just because you're needed doesn't mean you're appreciated. Bingo. And sometimes some people are self-serving, you know, but I'm sure you have told them that too. You know, they know exactly where they stand mm-hmm. in your book. So that's a beautiful thing. That's called connectivity. Somebody as busy as you, you could make the argument that you can't call everybody back or, you know, if somebody were to call, you, you just can't physically do that. I've never known you to do that. And so I find that, you know, you can call it a great trait, but you have to execute on it and you've done it. I just call it, you know, li- listen, I call it respect. And, uh, mm. you know, it's, it's not easy to do, but it's a need to do. Right. And uh, so, you know, you know I, find, I make time for things that are important to me. Make time People always to stay will. connected. People will always make, make time to stay connected. People will always make time for the people and the things that are important to them. Absolutely. And if success is important to you, you better make time to do the right thing as far as your connectivity and getting back to everyone. That's a great point. So, so I have a point. very specific question Go ahead. as it pertains to social media okay. and running a franchise group. There are some other franchises that have experienced real trouble in social media with their employees. Mm-hmm. So I want to share with the people that listen to this who are always looking for takeaways. How do you manage your, the group of people that work for you and what they do in social and what they say? And, you know, you get one guy who's got a, you know, a bad seed and he says something. You know, so how do you control that or do you control it? Or? So uh, you, you have to have, I mean, I've, and I've learned the hard way. Um, and... Uh, you know, you know, when you are McDonald's, as you, you have said, that you know, you know, we are the largest franchise uh, fast food in the system. So everybody's trying to take a cheap shot at you. Of course. And uh, so the smartphones have become the most, what I would consider to be the, 
the greatest influencer of negative social media. Totally Correct. agree. So I have policies in my restaurants that let employees know that when they come to work, their phones have to be in a certain place. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason why I did that, I mean, when I saw that uh, there was a, a, a huge social media negative spin on, on uh, gold, no, just Golden Corral okay. initially where the manager had some stuff in the side and the food was exposed and they got shut down. Mm. When I saw that, that to me was an eye-opener. Yeah. And it was a red flag that says, Ricky, you have to have some better social media policies in, in your restaurant. Now, you know, I, I am happy that we have good systems. I'm happy that we have a good structure. Uh, but, you know, these teenagers today, they all want to be on YouTube. They all want to, to be on some video that gets the greatest hits. Correct. You know, you know, you know we, we had some things that happened to us, you know, we, where we got a, a negative spin being McDonald's. You know, on uh, the employee that got attacked by the customer, mm -hmm. and so we have to try to avoid these things. And you know, you know, with with so many restaurants, U.S. wide and worldwide, stuff's going to happen. Absolutely, <laughs> but there needs to be a discipline, policy-wise, for how you manage. You know, I mean, we have so many employees that work for us. So you mm -hmm. got to be careful. And so that's what I do. I mean, I have a policy for Great. you know they can't work with their smartphones unless they're in management. And so you know, sometimes there's violators. Sometimes you know, but all you can do is hope for the best and hope that people reinforce policies and, you know, these things are happening on a day-to-day -day basis. You talked a lot about training and how yeah. they train the franchise, they train you. Mm -hmm. Do you, in turn, train all the people that come in? So we have – Is am, one of the value yeah, props? Is, I am proud to say that in the McDonald's system, we have probably one of the best training programs that there is. Mm. Uh, there, young there, people coming in. Everybody. And, wow. So, you know, we teach uh, youngsters how to lead – we teach youngsters how to be more effective and more prevalent in society. And, you know, so th there was a thing that we used to a long time ago where we told you about all the folks that they said by 2023 that over 50% of the U.S. system or the U.S. personnel would have worked at McDonald's at some point in their lives. Wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it's a beautiful thing. And that's because of reach and that's because of our development programs. You know, we have, just, just think of this. You know, we offer, it's called Archways to Opportunities. Archways to Opportunities. So Based on the is, Golden Arches. Right. If you work for cool. McDonald's for 15 hours a week, we pay your college tuition up to $2,500 a year. Really? Wow. Now, if you go to Palm Beach State College, mm -hmm. And you're enrolled full time. Twenty five hundred dollars a year can cover your tuition. For sure. So it helps, and you know, parents like to, that. Some parents don't even know about this, and you know, that's another way to say we are about training and development. Because the more you learn, is the more you're being developed. Mm -hmm. The smarter you are, and that nobody can take away your knowledge. Yeah, so, you know, the interesting takeaway that from that is that the more I talk to people about what business they're in. It all, all boils down to training and development of their people. It doesn't matter what product, service, price. If they're not training and developing their people, they leave or Correct. they have a they create a bad customer experience. So, so. look at what you just said earlier. Right. You said there's all these companies that hire you. When I met you, you were being hired right. to do something. They're bringing you in to develop their people to become to sell their brand or their product or expose it or put it in the forefront much better in a much more efficient manner. And so that, to me, is development. Right. You're absolutely okay. right. I, I think the big takeaway in this economy is that while the McDonald's, teaching them the McDonald's brand and the McDonald's way, so many people don't understand who they are. 
I know who you are. I knew the minute I met you, you live. Uh, Mr. Nudenberg, <laughs> I know who you are, too, man. I, you know, I, I told my wife this. I said, after I met Steve, I said, I know that Steve could sell ice to an Eskimo. <laughs> okay? Is that and that's not in a negative way. No, okay? I It's in a positive I way because I agree. Your, your style and the way your presence is and you are determined and you're about first find out about who your consumer is and then you know them. They'll know your product. So it's mm. a beautiful thing. You know, to... I think the major takeaway there is people are always looking for a transaction. The transaction that we had was we became friends. Bingo. There's much more value in that for me than anything you can hire me for. But and I don't think people realize equity. that. I, I, I was right. on, but listen, I, I don't think I was on LinkedIn the other day, and I saw a comment that was made by the CEO of United Way referencing a session she just went through with you, and that turned on my libums, and I said... <laughs> There goes Noodleberg again. There you know goes why? that Noodleberg no, again. No, but you know, but you know I'm what? So though? flattered. But it was a positive impact. It's going to make the folks and the staff at United Way be more proficient and reach more people in need. That to me was a beautiful thing. That's the kind of stuff and you I like that. to see. Yeah. And, and I read it. Right. I read it fully with my busy time. I read it because I heard a consumer speaking about what they just learned, what they got, the development they got from you. So your, your folks need to know that. So put Thank that you. out there. Thank you. You know, it's really rewarding the work I get to do. Be, forget about getting paid for it to make that kind of an impact on people in this, you know, you know there's a humanity thing that's happening where young, old, um, any walk of life, mm. you know, I, if I have a piece of information that I can share with them that makes them better, which is what my true calling is, my best friends are the ones who say, dude, whatever you did the rest of your life, you landed in the honeypot. This is where, where I'm supposed to be, that, and I love your, it. That's your skill set. I love it. You know, that's who you are. You know, it's so genuine and so great. So this is not a, a an advertisement for me, but I'm I'm so grateful. Hey, it's, it speaks for thank, itself. Thank you, brother. But speaking for advertisements, yeah. it is a great uh, acknowledgement of you and a lot of the intelligence that comes out of the book, which people should pick up and listen on audio. Well, I may have to get that book. You know that we brought you, Josh. You've been referencing that book. Where's the book? So I feel I, I feel empty. <laughs> I got to read it. You know what? Hey, Shame on me. Ricky, did you know that networking is one letter away from not working? <laughs> it's in the book. And there it is. Speaking of advertising, it's not an advertisement, but uh, go visit your local McDonald's, particularly if it's one of Ricky's, and remember all the good times. One sip and one bite. Take it. It's like a time machine back to a happier, simpler time in your lives. Nothing about. There's nothing like that. That, that yes, little trip right. to McDonald's that does that. It takes you back to a time where you had no cares, no worries in the world. So what do people buy? They buy the emotion. That's correct. True Bingo. People. Correct. Bingo. That's true of products. I remember after big games. We're heading over to McDonald's, man. That was like my grandmother Pearl. God rest her soul. She'd say, "Come on, we're going to lunch." She'd be dressed to the nines. We'd go to McDonald's. She'd eat a fish fillet sandwich, and I could get an apple pie. And those were the good days. Ricky, a pleasure. Always good to Listen, see you, Josh. Yes. The same thing. Right back at you. A pleasure, sincerely. And by the way, red's my favorite color now. Well, <laughs> it elicits that hunger response. So there you have it. You know, Steve, uh, <laughs> thank you, Ricky, for being obviously Steve. Every week we ask him to tell us something good. So for fifty-one, hopefully you got something special. Well, yeah, super blessed to have people like this on the show. Um, just continues to get better. But here's the what I'm really something good this week is Sunday night. I'll be eating steak at Benjamin's with my two boys. Oh, nice! It doesn't happen often, but we try and make it work. Very um, nice. I actually am going to Denver to speak, and then I'm flying to New York. Oh, that's great. I'll be in New York with Brandon Steiner on Monday. 
So uh, Sunday night, having dinner with the boys, and they're going to play around in the in the city. My youngest will be 21. What's about so uh, we'll be able to get him drinks legally now. Finally. <laughs> finally. Finally legally. Listen, get him a McGriddle. <laughs> in the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> Nothing like it, man. For Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We'll catch Woo-hoo! you next time for number 52 on the Confessions of a Serial So who's 52, Kenny? What's the 52 that comes to mind? That's a great question. I have no idea. 52 weeks in a year. We'll there put it go. There, there we go. All right. We'll catch you 52 next See time. Ya. So long. All right.